0: Hello, welcome to Tales in the Groove 2. Dot, 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 dash. Victory, Vendetta. Do you remember the 5th of November? Some of you may have celebrated the 5th of November, celebrated the 1605 capture, torture, and eventual murder of a suspected conspirator named Guy Fawkes. One could argue that, technically speaking, his death was a suicide. In the days following his arrest, he was most likely tortured into confessing his guilt and giving up the names of his co-conspirators. At their quote-unquote trial two months later, the Attorney General Sir Edward Coke declared that the condemned would be put to death halfway between heaven and earth as unworthy of both. Their genitalia would be cut off and burnt before their eyes, and their bowels and hearts removed. They would then be decapitated, dismembered, and displayed across the four corners of the kingdom as both a warning to others and pray for the fowls of the air." as Guy Fawkes stood on the scaffold, about to suffer that horrific fate, he somehow managed to either jump or fall from a height sufficient enough to break his neck and kill himself with a shred of dignity. Remember, remember, the 5th of November. For me, and I presume for many of you out there, the 5th of November conjures up images of fireworks and bonfires, but also an image of a ghostly mask with a wry smile, and the letter V painted in dripping blood. A V for Vendetta, With the story and iconography popularized in a 2006 film, but initially told and illustrated beginning in 1982 in a graphic novel form by Alan Moore and David Lloyd, respectively. V for Vendetta, in both film and print, tells a story of anarchistic resistance against a dystopian, Orwellian, and fascistic future. The letter and numeral V is a powerful symbol in the story. It is both the purposefully vague and anonymous name of the main masked character, and it's also his symbol a V overlaid on a circle, resembling an upside-down anarchy symbol, and representing an idea of freedom and resistance to oppression. Indeed, the iconography of the story has been adopted by the Occupy movement, Anonymous, and anti-government and anti-establishment groups around the world. But those of us of a certain age were familiar with the idea of the letter V as a symbol of resistance, peace, and victory, long before we had encountered Alan Moore's work, As a child in the early 80s, I sadly wasn't reading graphic novels, although I loved Asterix and Obelix, and a bit of Archie, too. At that time, a red capital V, to me, conjured the image of an actor eating rodents by the tail on TV. For most of my life, I remember nothing else about the television series called V. If I had been more politically and historically savvy at the time, I would have been aware that the story of the 80s television series was very much an allegory of the Nazi occupation of Europe. Where V became a powerful and contested symbol for both occupied and occupier. By the 14th of January in 1941, Hitler's Third Reich had expanded to directly occupy and control France, Belgium, the Netherlands, Denmark, Norway, and Austria, while the rest of the European continent, aside from the British Isles, were either in alliance with the Nazis or were clinging on to neutrality. It was the winter before the Nazis invaded Russia. They had perhaps failed to destroy Britain by air in 1940 but on sea and land their military dominance was unquestionable, and seemingly invincible. Yet, in all the occupied countries there were those who resisted occupation. The Nazis may have been able to shoot down planes, but they could do nothing to stop radio waves from being converted into worlds of sound in homes and places brave enough to illegally tune into the BBC. And when the people of the occupied Low Countries of Europe listened to the BBC on that 14th of January, They heard Belgian program announcer Victor de Lavallee announce. I am proposing to you as a rallying emblem the letter V, because V is the first letter of the words victory in French and freedom in Flemish. Two things which go together, as Walloons and Flemings are at the moment marching hand in hand. Two things which are the consequence one of the other, the victory which will give us back our freedom, the victory of our good friends the English. Their word for victory also begins with V. As you see, things fit all round. The letter V is a perfect symbol of Anglo Belgian understanding. You have every interest in knowing how many among you want liberation. All the patriots of Belgium must have a rallying emblem. Let them multiply this emblem around them. Let them see it written everywhere. Let them know that they are legion. Let the occupier, by seeing this sign, always the same, infinitely repeated, understand that he is surrounded and circled by an immense crowd of citizens eagerly awaiting his first moment of weakness watching for his first failure. According to legend, it was from this radio broadcast that the letter V began to become a symbol of resistance. Two connected lines that could be quickly drawn or painted, yet powerful and striking enough to challenge the mystifying and ancient swastika. Within weeks, reports began to trickle in that V's were appearing in chalk and paint on walls in Belgium, northern France, and the Netherlands. Stories also began to fill the airwaves of people using a hand gesture of two fingers spread in a V-shape to represent the symbol. Over the next few months, a 36-year-old BBC News editor and announcer named Douglas Ritchie, known during the war years as Colonel Britton, began reporting and advocating the use of the symbol and gesture as signs of defiance and solidarity. He also added a musical element to the symbol. In Morse code, V is represented by dot 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 dash, He encouraged his listeners in Britain and in occupied Europe to hum it, clap it, whistle it, sing it, and sound the rhythm in whatever way they could. School teachers could clap the rhythm with their students, blacksmiths could rap it out on their anvils, and trains could blare it out with their horns. Douglas Ritchie is also often given the credit for recognizing that Beethoven's Fifth Symphony and other numerals, his symphony V, opens with this very rhythm. Whether or not this was actually his idea, we'll never know for sure. In a time when the sounds of the Morse alphabet were much more familiar, it may have been common knowledge. Anyway, you look at it, they were four of the most famous notes in the history of Western music. And furthermore, many at the time, as well as now, believe that they represented fate knocking at the door. In this case, the fate of defeat knocking on Hitler's bunker. On the night of the 27th of June, Colonel Britton's radio program opened with the opening notes of Beethoven's Fifth Symphony played on a timpani. That opening subsequently became the station identification sound for all of the BBC's European services throughout the war. It might seem odd at first that Beethoven's music, the work of a German master, became a symbol of resistance against a German empire, but the more you think about it, the more it begins to make perfect sense. Unlike, say, certain other notable German composers, sorry, I had something in my throat there, Beethoven in his music and words, if not necessarily his personal relations, always defended and represented a spirit of universal love, brotherhood, and egalitarianism. In fact, if you look up any major key Bob Marley song lyrics in German, as you do, well, it's pretty much a Beethoven libretto. Lasst uns zusammenkommen und uns gut fühlen. Ich flehe die Menschheit an, eine Liebe. O Herr, Gott, ein Herz. Bedanke dich und preise Gott und ich werde mich gut fühlen. Büffelkrieger, Et Rasta, etc. A famous example of this spirit is that after hearing that Napoleon had declared himself an emperor, Beethoven famously went into a rage and erased his dedication of his third symphony to him with such force that it left holes in the autograph score. Appropriating Beethoven for the Allied cause sent a message to all of Europe, and perhaps especially to Germans, That the fight was not against the German people per se, but rather the Nazi regime and ideology, an ideology that threatened to stomp underfoot the freedom and personal dignity that some of the greatest Germans had also once lived and died for. On the 18th of July of that same year, the V for Victory propaganda campaign even gained Winston Churchill's endorsement. He declared across the airwaves, the V sign is a symbol of the unconquerable will of the people of the occupied territories and of Britain of the fate awaiting Nazi tyranny. So long as the peoples of Europe continue to refuse all collaboration with the invader, it is sure that his cause will perish and that Europe will be liberated. Following this broadcast, he began posing for pictures with his hands making the famous V for victory gesture. Initially, he would make the sign showing the back of his hand, but after being informed that for many people that gesture had a very different meaning, he began making the V showing the palms of his hand, and many followed him in doing so. One unlikely follower was Joseph Goebbels, Hitler's Minister of Propaganda. When presented with a problem of Vs being gestured at troops and graffitied on German walls, along with the rhythm of Beethoven's Fifth being played throughout occupied Europe, he attempted his own appropriation by claiming that the Vs actually represented the German word Victoria and support for the occupation. In his infamous career he had hoodwinked his publics into believing much more destructive and malicious lies. But this was one lie that failed to take root. Throughout the war, the symbol V, along with Beethoven's Fifth Symphony, became ever more unmistakable symbols of both the resolve and righteousness of the Allied cause. V for victory, V for vendetta. Dot 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 dash. Morse's V. Dot 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 dash. Beethoven's V. Before I sign off, I'll address one last question. Morse Code was developed just a few decades following Beethoven's Revolutionary Symphony, but was Morse's V based on Beethoven's Fifth, or was the resemblance simply a coincidence? Sadly, as far as I'm aware, nobody knows, but I like to think it was intentional. I guess that says something about me. Thanks for listening, and goodbye.